0: wake up world you are now tuned in to the wake up and win podcast and i'm your host devon Pouncy. i'm here at the pack west center in downtown portland which is also the home of 1029 and 750 the game sports radio station we got a actually a very special week before we even get into the content of the podcast today i want to do a little tribute uh, i want to play a song that you all pretty much know very well it's a classic record because it is a very special week this week. So here we go, right here. Yeah, Who's taking elementary? Hey, I see the penitentiary one day. Running from the police, that's right. Mama catch me, put a whoop into my backside. And even as a crack fiend, mama, you always was the black queen. Mama, I finally understand for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. Always was committed. A poor single mother on welfare. Tell me how you did. There's no way I can pay you back. But the plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate me. Dear mama, lady, know one above you all appreciate do you all know in love. So as you all know, that is the classic record, Dear Mama, by Tupac. And I just felt like I needed to start this week off by paying homage to all of the mothers out there. My mother, everyone's mother out there, just because I feel like without them, there is no us. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I definitely didn't want to wait to the end of the show to just throw in, oh, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And so I definitely wanted to pay homage to all mothers because this is a very special week. Kick back, get your feet rubbed, do whatever you gotta do, have your kids cook dinner for you, whatever the case may be, do the chores, clean up, cook, everything. Just enjoy yourself, sit back and kinda relax. You know, you you work hard year round, twenty four seven, three six five. So be sure to actually take the time out to do what it is that you wanna do as a mother this weekend. Rodney, what you got going on for Mother's Day weekend?
1: First off, say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. I'm actually going back home to California okay same same i'm gonna go, uh, spend my mom want to go see guardians of the galaxy so is, is that what she want to do yeah she, she that's what our little thing is we saw the first one together so she want to see the next one together so. okay yeah that's what's up
0: I, i'm going back i'm actually flying out back to the bay area on mother's day that morning i'm catching the first flight out early morning from portland back to the bay and then uh I haven't even asked my mom what she wanted to do yet, but we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) She'll be happy just to see you. Right, right. We'll figure it out. So we've been having so much other stuff going on, too, obviously. She'll be coming right back out here. It'll be a quick turnaround because I do graduate next weekend. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, appreciate that. So she'll be coming right back here anyway. So we've been kind of dealing with all that. But I'll definitely go out there and spend some time with her. So once again, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We wanted to make sure that we paid homage to you first before we pay homage to any of these other people we're getting ready to talk about <laughs> here on the podcast today. So I want to start off with the NBA playoffs. Obviously, last night the Celtics got the best of the Wizards, and the Wizards mm. are still my dark horse team. Uh it's it's a good series. I'm excited just to see. You know, it's a back and forth series, and I still tend to believe that a series doesn't start until somebody loses at home and we still have yet to see that in that series so so what happens if it never happens the, the wizards losing game 7 <laughs> <laughs> the series never started <laughs> the, the wizards exactly so the series never started but i also think that once you get to a game 7 that's a different magnitude of a game definitely i mean the home court does home court help yeah but it's like it's also one of those moments where it's like it's game 7 We playing for all the marbles. Let's just go out and play basketball and leave it it all on the floor. Exactly. It's all about who wants it more and who's willing to leave it all out on the floor. So I think it's going to end up going to seven games. I actually think both series are going to end up going to seven games. I think the Spurs and the Rockets will too. Uh, I think the Rockets took a big blow losing Nene. I think that was probably even bigger of a blow than the Spurs losing Tony Parker.
1: Yeah, that, that's definitely a big big loss because that was their physical presence
0: down low. Definitely. He was their physical presence, and now they're only playing – he was their eighth man in their rotation. If you watched last game, they only played seven players the whole game. And they look gassed. And they look gassed, especially going into overtime and playing against a team like the Spurs who will do what they can do to play to your weakness. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll, They'll try to take advantage of whatever your weakness is, and obviously that game, their weakness was – only having seven players on the court, I still think that Aldridge and Gasol could have been a little more lethal inside without Nene being in there and being that post presence. Uh, Aldridge had a pretty good game. Was it Game Three? It was Game it was Three. Game when three. He went off. Yeah, when he went off, uh, he had a pretty good Game Three. Obviously, Houston dominated in Game Four, but uh, yeah, I think the big man, the big man, can still take advantage. If they take advantage, they could finish the series off in six. But if not, they'll have a tough time beating Houston in that run-and-gun game. Uh, I just think they ended up making big plays the other day. I, I think that was really Houston's game to win still. Gats, seven players in the rotation, the whole nine yards.
1: I'd rather that series go to game seven because I don't want Kawhi to play on Sunday against Golden State. And he's not 100% because they need him to be 110% if they even want a chance. I still don't think it matters. I
0: think at yeah. the end of the day, we know we know who's going to win that series, whether it be the Spurs or the Rockets. <laughs> and we actually know who the NBA Finals will be. And so speaking of that, I mean, it's it's been – I mean, we all know. I mean, it's, you can't miss it that the two dominant teams in the playoffs, once again, are the Golden State Warriors and the San Antonio Spurs. And we know that's what we'll pretty much get for the championship. You know, as long as teams are injury-free within this last conference finals, I, I don't see the Cleveland losing on the East, and I don't see Golden State losing on the West. Definitely. But what should players and superstars do, Rod, to kind of team up and make the playoffs competitive again? Because I mean, all the other series are halfway competitive. I mean, we right now we got a three-two series in uh, both the conference semis, uh, the Spurs and the Rockets, as well as Washington and Boston, and even those series. like There's been a lot of blowout games, more blowout games than tight games. Obviously, you had a tight game, five, in San Antonio. But what what should these superstars do to kind of combat the dominance of the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers?
1: Well, at this point, it's time to put your pride aside. You know what I mean? Because – it's either you're gonna team up with other superstars, or you're gonna keep losing. And and we got a young teams. You know, LeBron got a good five years left in him. Yeah, all the Golden State is young. These two teams is gonna keep meeting up until somebody else do something about it. And I think, you know, Westbrook, for example, he has too much pride to admit that he needs help. You know, my thing is this: this I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. I I live
0: by the mentality kind of adapt or die. And when it comes to the NBA. Yeah, you can live by that mentality, but that's one of the few areas in life. Obviously, I'm not an NBA NBA player, but just from the outside looking in, that's one of the few areas in life where I don't think that slogan or that phrase necessarily matters. Uh, I do think if you want to win, yes, you can adapt and team up with other superstars. I think we're going to end up seeing that here in the next couple summers. We've seen Kyle Lowry opt out of his contract. We've seen i mean, I believe Paul George will end up opting out of his contract with the um with the Indiana Pacers next season, and I think that it'll be more it'll be more to happen. You even hear people like Kendrick Perkins on area twenty one talking about <laughs> Durant and Westbrook are back kind of talking, and he wouldn't be surprised if they got back together to try to make another run after Durant goes and gets his ring with the Warriors, which I do think will happen this year. But where I kind of don't have a problem with these athletes losing is with this new money that the NBA has giving out, I wouldn't mind losing myself if I'm making the big bucks that I'm making. I would almost rather lose and be competitive and try to get the best out of myself and with what I have to work with and get that big paycheck that they're getting nowadays. than to just team up just to say, I want a championship. Yeah, that's true. So at the end of the day, it's a business. And this is your job. It's a business. It's your job is. And and yeah, like you, you, you got to go get, you got to get all that you can get out of it. Because not only is it a business, not only is it, it's your job. At the end, of, at the end of the day, being a professional athlete is one of the short lived careers in the world. It's it's well paying. Absolutely. But I mean, on average a guy's really maybe gonna get five years. You got obviously a superstar is more than likely to play more as long as they're not uh as long as they don't have any injuries and things like that. But still it's a short lived career at the end of the day. Even if you are a superstar, you're only gonna unless you're somebody like a LeBron James, you're only gonna be a superstar for a certain amount of time. And it's probably a short time that you're playing in the prime of your career. So for me, it's like it's not adapt or die because it's no dying and making the millions of dollars that the NBA is just throwing away. They're throwing away more money than ever right now. So I, I don't mind taking one of those $200 million – getting one of those $200 million contracts. I wouldn't mind if, if I'm not winning the championship. I just I just don't see a problem with it. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the game has changed. And I think basketball changes over all areas. You obviously got – and initially, basketball was more of a big man sport. You know, your Bill Russells, your Kareem abdul Jabbars, Those were the type of people really running the game, you know what I mean, early on in basketball. And then it kind of turned into a swing, a, a kind of shooting guard, small forward type of a game, which are Michael Jordans and your Kobe Bryants and those kind of people. And big man still had an impact, you know. Then it kind of turned into, after that, it kind of turned into your guard big man package, which is Shaq's and Kobe's. Um, The Spurs have always, I mean, they had the two, they had the Twin Towers at one point with David Robinson and uh, Tim Duncan. But they also always had some solid guard play. I mean, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Those guys
1: were elite guards in this league. Yeah, I mean, obviously and it shows they still are. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean. They're I mean, still they're out old, there, but they're you old, see Ginobili making that play at the end of the game.
0: Exactly, that was a veteran savvy play that he made. So it's like it's it's just dope to kind of see the eras changing, and now we're seeing it's more of a point guards league now. And it took a long time for it to become a point guards league, but basketball is a sports that is a sport that is forever changing. And it's now – I don't. I wouldn't even say less competitive. I just think people are eager to win rings. And these – right now, it's not like this just started. I mean, you had the Celtics do it. The Lakers even tried to do it the year when they brought in Gary Payton and Carl Malone. Uh, I, A bunch of teams do this, you know what I mean? Ever since pretty much after the Michael Jordan era was done with, we've been seeing teams – kind of stack up to try to go and win championships. So it's not
1: necessarily new, but, yeah, I mean. It, I think it's just that a, a bigger superstars are doing it. You know, LeBron is considered with Kobe and Jordan, and he went to Miami, and I just shook the whole world up. But then went back to Cleveland. Yeah, And yeah. then you got your Kevin Durant that went to the Warriors, which is I think is – that's crazy. That's four superstars on one team. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, that's definitely, like, wild. But like I said, I mean,
0: before that, it was three superstars on one team. So yeah, it keeps you, growing. So what do you got to do to combat three superstars on one team? You put four on one team, you know? So it's like I just think that it's, it's like I said, I don't think it's an adapt or die situation because if you don't want to go, you got people like Russell Westbrook who – may probably end up staying and getting that big contract uh, in Oklahoma city. Even right here in Portland, you got people like Dame Lillard who outwardly expresses that he does not want to leave Portland. He does not plan on leaving, leaving Portland, but he's also got a hundred plus million dollar contract in Portland. So I wouldn't want to leave either. I wouldn't leave. (laughs) I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) I would rather go out and play against these guys, win, lose or draw. Know that I went out there and gave my all. I got my money's worth and, 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 build my brand and whatever the case may be, like you said, it's definitely a business side of things. So I don't think it's adapt or die. I think it's just at this point you got a choice. Either you want to go win or you want to go make the big bucks. It's pretty, not saying you can't make the big bucks going to win, but right. the guys that ain't
1: winning are almost making the bigger bucks than the guys that are winning these days. Yes, yeah, either you want to be the Carmellos, the Iversons, the Tracy McGrady, Charles Barkley. Or right. Or you
0: want to be the LeBrons and the Kobe's, and now the Kevin Durant of the world. Exactly. So, so I think it's cool. But, you know, I, I, I gave a couple of mentions to the big three, and I actually want to talk about them a little bit because this was a big week. They had the reunion uh, for their team that won the championship some years back. Uh, when they had the big three, they had KG. They had Paul Pierce. They had Ray Allen. And then, obviously, they had supporting cast like Rajon Rondo uh Kendrick Perkins uh Big Glenn Big Baby Davis and so KG has his Area 21 show that you may see quite often if you're watching NBA on TNT they always kind of you know pan over into his show and they did the reunion and they had Paul Pierce was there KG obviously was there as his show Rajon Rondo was there Kendrick Perkins was there Glenn Big Baby Davis was there And Doc Rivers, who was their coach the year they won that championship, pretty much Skyped in. But there was one player missing. Who was that? Who was that? That was Ray, the sharpshooter. One of the players that was a part of the big three. And so what what was your take on kind of Ray Allen not being there? Because all of the guys commented on pretty much Ray Allen not being there. Maybe with the exception of Rondo. I don't think he had too much to say about it. He didn't say much. (laughs) But But
1: what was your take on that? I, I, so, I'm going to give you the background of what happened. So, they talked about why he wasn't there because they felt like they're out of touch. They haven't talked since he went to the Heat leaving the Boston Celtics. They felt like he left their team in the wrong way. They didn't feel that him going to the Heat was necessarily the problem. The problem was that he didn't communicate with them that he was leaving. They felt like they was closer as family. There was a brotherhood, and they felt like that should have been communicated if he was going to make a move like that. So this is my
0: thing. This is my take on it. I think that they had a right to be mad or angry then, you know, back when it happened and whatnot. But I don't think there's no need to still be salty. At the end of the day, we're all grown. I understand the brotherhood thing, but things happen. And as we already once stated, this is a business. And I feel like yeah, uh, you know, it's not like I mean they had a brotherhood, but it's not like they were married, or it's not like they were boyfriend and girlfriend. The guy decided to leave. It's his career. He chose to get up and leave. Do I blame him? No, because he left and he ended up winning two more championships, which is what I think he was set out to do anyway. Obviously, there were some kind of mix-ups, and there wasn't there. Everything wasn't as smooth as people may seem to think. Between him and the point guard, Rajon Rondo, I I heard Rondo, the only comment I really heard Rondo make about Ray Allen was that he wanted to shoot all the time and like he was probably the one who asked for the ball the most, but Rondo and Ray Allen didn't really have the best relationship out there. And if you don't have the best relationship with your point guard, I don't think there's a more important player on the team to have a good relationship with because that's your floor general. And so, like I said, I just think that they should kind of get over it. They should have kind of gotten over it by now. And for them to all still pretty much be sitting there up there at the round table and be salty about the fact that Ray left, I I, I don't see what the point of that is. There's no point in holding a grudge for him leaving. It's a part of the business. It happens. Get over it. We're grown. Get over
1: it. That's how I see it. My problem with it was they were sitting there talking about Ray Allen without Ray Allen there. You know, as a grown man, I just feel like you don't talk about another grown man when y'all supposed to be brothers. You know, you're supposed to keep that in the brotherhood. Well, I don't I don't think I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing just because, like,
0: it was obvious to anybody who was watching it that Ray Allen was not there. Right. So so I don't really see it as a bad thing that they expressed themselves about. You know what I mean? How they felt. They obviously obviously knew Ray Allen was going to see that. It wasn't a secret that Ray Allen was not there. You know what I mean? It was on national television. So I don't really mind them expressing what it was that they felt about Ray Allen and why he wasn't there. Because I felt like everybody watching wanted that question to be answered anyway. True. So I don't really mind them kind of speaking about it. I just don't agree with Why he wasn't there, basically. I feel like he still should have been there. I feel like they should have gotten over these things. But the fact that they haven't gotten over these things and that he was not there, I don't mind them actually expressing themselves about that. I just don't agree about what it is that they expressed.
1: I think it was more so the way they did it. They was trying to put everything on Ray Allen. You know what I mean? They was blaming him. They say he the one that should break the ice. And I actually seen a video of when the Celtics in in the Heat play for the first time. Ray Allen on the heat, he came over and tried to give KG a handshake, and he ignored him He gave him a tap on the shoulder. Well, 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 then I don't really mind KG ignoring him,
0: obviously, while in competition. And it was so fresh, and it had just happened. It was so recent. I don't even really mind KG ignoring him at that point in time. But now five, six years down the line where all of y'all, with the exception of Rondo and Pierce, just now retired where – None of you all are even really playing anymore. Now is where I feel like, okay, get over it. You know, Kobe and Shaq eventually got over their issues. You have issues with players, especially while you're still in the sport, and especially while at that time they still were, the Celtics were still contenders when Ray Allen left, and they still could have pushed for another championship, and I'm pretty sure they wanted to win more than one championship with that team. Oh, yeah, that was the goal. and so so at that point in time, I don't really mind them, like, kind of shrugging him off. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, we're in competition, and you literally just left us. I could see people being in their feelings then. But five, six, seven years down the line where everybody is retired, over it, get man. over it.
1: And that's just kind of my take on that. It sounds similar to uh, a current situation, Kevin Durant and in Ro- in Westbrook. Right. And they're
0: already talking, and and Perkins is the one who mentioned it that Kevin Durant and Westbrook is already back and communicating. That just happened. A season have hasn't even gone by. How ironic is that? You know what I mean. So it's like a season hasn't gone by, and they're already talking and over it. And you're still here. You're sitting here talking about how they're over it. I don't know who necessarily broke that ice either, but you know Perkins mentioned that he wants Ray Allen to break the ice, and that he you know things will probably be cool. After that, but what I want to know is if Kevin Durant broke the ice or if Russell Westbrook broke the ice. That's what I want to know because if so, I will be able to tell Kendrick, hey, maybe you can learn a lesson from one of your two boys. I
1: personally yeah. think Kevin Durant broke the ice because he said he talked on uh, to him on the night he broke the triple-double record. Okay. So well, I, I so, believe yeah. it was a congratulations call and then it turned into like a little mini conversation. Right.
0: Well, yeah, either way. Learn from it. You know what right, I mean? Kevin, right.
1: Kevin Durant was the one left. Now, in that case,
0: Ray Allen was the one left. So that he'll, he his rebuttal will probably be, well, Ray Allen left. So Ray Allen should break the ice, just how Kevin Durant left and broke the ice. But like I said, when you're retired and washed up and sitting around on Area 21 talking, you, you all had some great years. You deserve to be sitting there and talking about it. But just kind of get over it, man. Y'all should have called Ray, squashed it. Let's keep it pushing. So next, the last thing I want to talk about is um, the dirty players that we have <laughs> going on <laughs> playing in the playoffs right now. That's left playing in the playoffs. We obviously got Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors, and we got Kelly Olynyk. And there's been a lot of back and forth. Um, Isaiah Thomas has commented about how dirty of a player Draymond Green is. Kelly Olenek has come out in his own defense saying that he isn't a dirty player. And it's just kind of been a back and forth. And I like
1: it. Yeah, it makes playoff more exciting, I, even I though like we'll it. never see the Celtics and the Warriors in the finals. Yeah, I, yeah, I doubt that
0: <laughs> myself. But I, I like it. I mean, I don't mind kind of the back and forth talking. I seen Draymond Green kind of put a tweet out there kind of telling. I think it was, it was kind of a, you know, a sub tweet to – Isaiah Thomas basically telling him to worry about the series that he, the task that he has at hand. Now, how are you going to say that
1: and you speak on a subject that has nothing to do with you? Say that again. So, for for example, he's telling Isaiah Thomas, focus on your, your um, playing against the Wizards, right? Right. Now, are you focused on playing or you're not playing anybody right now? But you're getting into some business that has nothing to do with you. Well, it does because he's, he's – well, Isaiah Thomas made comments about Draymond Green. It was after Draymond Green, though, made comments that Kelly Olynyk is a dirty oh, player. Oh, well,
0: well, that's what Draymond does. I mean, Draymond, he, he talks. You know what I mean? He, that's what he does. So he's does he talk talker. too much? Uh, he backs it up, so no. He he definitely backs it up. So no, if you talk and you back it up, then you don't talk too much to me. The people that talk too much are the ones that talk and don't back it up. So I I don't mind Draymond. I feel like he has a right to talk, and I feel like he's taking on that persona in this league as the trash talker. I don't know if you got to see the little, uh, I think it was an uninterrupted series uh, between – Draymond Green and Gary Payton, who was also pretty much the king of trash talking in his era of playing. And they had E-40 hosting it. And yeah, Draymond actually embraces being the trash talker in this league. And Gary Payton embraced being the trash talker in this league. And they kind of sat down and had an interview and talked about... That And how they embrace their roles as trash talkers. So I don't think I don't see a problem with Gary Payton being the trash talker he was in his day because he backed it up. And I don't see a problem with Draymond Green being the trash talker in his day right now because he backs it up. Does this is it some does it sometimes get him in trouble? Yeah, but. him actually doing the trash talking and kind of taking shots at other guys, I don't mind because he's actually competitive and he goes out there and backs it up on the floor. And this is taking it back to old school basketball. Yeah, it's like I said, we need it. I mean, we don't want people out here being quiet. Or being friends. Yeah, it's not. not, No, this is business. Like, it's it's, it's competition. And anytime competition is involved, you know what I mean? People have their own ways of showing their competitiveness. And Draymond, some people shut up and play ball and let their results speak on the court. Some people talk a lot and play ball and still let their results speak on the court like Draymond Green does. So, I like I said, I don't really mind it. I like it. I'm enjoying it. I, I hope they keep the trash talking going. And it's it's fun. It makes for a fun playoffs, especially in a playoffs that's not so fun, you know what I mean, based on the fact that we know who's pretty much dominating this whole entire playoffs on the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference right now. Just need to fast forward to June. Yeah, so, so yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But I do still think, like I said, I think my Dark Horse Wizards team is still going to pull it out. I don't know. I, I picked the Rockets to pull it out over the Spurs, but I don't know without Nene. That's just tough. Without Nene and only playing seven players and having Ryan Anderson be a backup center instead of being that, Stretch forward that he's been for them all year. That they won't win with Ryan Anderson. Yeah, and yeah. so center. so mm-hmm. so it's just it's just tough, man. So next up, we got the world according to Keeve. You know, she's gonna break down the culture. And as I always tell y'all, before I take a break or any type of a transition, that is to stay woke and go in. welcome back wake up and win with devon pouncey and we're back and you all know what time it is we got the portland girl turned la here with us what's going on with you Keith?
2: what's up y'all what's going on
0: nothing much nothing much we back here to see what's going on in your world so break us off
2: All right. So, you know, we got to start off with my Asad Khaled update. I hope you've all been following. He's been trending every single week, pretty much since he's been born, I believe. Right. Right. Um, So let me find my favorite post this week. Um, I have to say it's probably (laughs) there's a video on DJ Khaled's Instagram and it was from his Snapchat and it's of Asad sitting like laying on the bed and he's like so happy he's jumping up and down he's smiling and DJ Khaled says this is a very rare and special moment for us only five songs debuted over the past two days this is a very big deal (laughs) the first hip-hop album debut since Eminem in 2010 he just starts going on and off talking about how Asad Khaled is the executive producer. He's like, I'm so proud of you. This is a major moment in your life. And Asad doesn't even know what's going on. He's just Just a happy baby. Making my life so much better.
0: Yeah. He doesn't even know, man. He's so set straight. Like,
2: he's just so sweet that I just, I want to, like, can I be his nanny? He is, he
0: is a handsome kid. I, I'll give him that. He's definitely so, a handsome baby for sure. He's
2: a cute kid. And I don't mean to be shady, but the, the pair that made him, I mean, have you seen Jakella's <laughs> wife?
0: Tell us how you really feel, Keith. Tell us so, how you really guys, feel.
2: Sorry, that sounds so bitchy, but I <laughs> seriously was like, wow, that woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I mean, they made a cute <laughs> I mean, kid. They you know they really say sometimes clothes. ugly people make the cutest kids though.
2: Honestly, and they really did. I mean, they made <laughs> the cutest little things. So I can't even hate. Like I'm just happy that they love him so much.
0: Yeah, they they did that. They did that.
2: So, so that's my SOT update, right. and then I got to get straight into it. Let's uh, do it. Because I found this very interesting. Um, did you did you happen to see the interview uh, with Charlemagne the God? And um, what was he on? KT Atlanta News, I think.
0: I got it. I got it right here for you. Okay,
2: yep. Let's play that.
0: All right, here we go.
2: Packaged and so fake, blah, blah, blah. But you tell
0: it like it is to them directly, and some don't take well to it. What was this whole thing with Kanye? Oh, Kanye, that was some years ago. He had an album out called uh, Yeezus, and I just thought that album was whack. And that's when he was, you know, going on his little narcissistic rant where everything was about the fashion industry and whatnot. So, you know, as a fan, I felt like I could tell him uh, that I wasn't appreciating what he was doing. But, I mean, even now, I I like Kanye a lot, but he's still kind of like in the sunken place. Right. Yeah, he needs somebody to pull out the phone and flash him and get him back on track. (laughs) None of y'all are seeing Get Out. No. Oh, okay. Wait. It's about white people stealing black people's privilege. That's what Get Out's about. Mm. They've never seen Get Out. I actually saw Get Out myself.
2: I did too, and I gotta, I gotta say, I, I, I don't think it was a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not sure how that. I mean, the the concept and the theme, obviously, it's never been done before. It's never been seen, right? Um, so that makes sense. But I mean, there were definitely parts that I was like, "This is really um, kind of cheesy." But I think the message of it made it like a one.
0: You know what's crazy, Keith? Like. I had just last week I was on Snapchat uh, looking at ratchet activities and <laughs> and I was talking to one of my homegirls and she, she posted a kind of ratchet snap and I'm like, man, I remember those days and I'm like, I live in Oregon now that I don't really, you know, that's not in me no more. It's kind of got pushed out of me being out here. And you want to know what her response was? Ratchet get out.
2: Dies,
0: okay? <laughs> her response was get out.
2: but
0: but but, you know to to some extent i kind of agree with it because obviously and you've you've torn my head off for this before i live in forest grove so i do live in I know. arguably, you know what I mean, the whitest city. The only black people in that city are the basketball players, the football players, and the other piece of color we got over there are the Hawaiians that go to Pacific University. So yeah. so from that aspect, you know what I mean, I agree with her. But you've also showed me the other side of Portland, too, to where I, I don't think I'm in the sunken place while I'm out here.
2: No. I mean, <laughs> I feel like, honestly, the sunken place could be, and at least in what Charlemagne was talking about, he was just saying, "I feel like the second place is almost like a concept of not being competent right. and not seeing that like even if you're a black person with privilege, there are still ways that like white America controls, you know, to the extent that you are allowed to to thrive, I guess. Right. And so when he was talking about Kanye, I mean, obviously he is, I mean, yeah, the Kardashians are Armenian, but no you're you're white, right like,
0: true that, true that.
2: No, neither of your parents are, are black or of color they are both white people right um, so I think from Charlemagne's perspective he was just saying that like and I mean if you look at all of the men that data Kardashian except for obviously Rob disick or Rob uh, what's his name Rob Kardashian Rob Jenner I don't even know his what, name yeah
0: you know they it's all they they uh, all intertwined with all pieces of life all walks of life I guess Yes. yeah
2: uh, <laughs> God only He's thing I
0: remember is Ray J so uh, any anything right. other than that doesn't excite me no more. <laughs>
2: like of, like Chloe who dates like Tristan Thompson and like right. there's all these ongoing jokes about how like all about how the Kardashians just like they ruin black men's lives.
0: absolutely and and, and you know what I, I agree with you on that because I actually I'm I actually just got Charlemagne's book in yesterday. I'm okay, definitely, I'm I, I'm just starting it. I read like the intro in the first chapter and so far he's just kind of talking about his experience growing up in that small town he grew up in at Monk's Corner or something like that in South Carolina. So I'm still at the kind of very beginning of it, but you're absolutely right from the aspect of what he's talking about because I also watched a lot of his interviews since he's been going on kind of like this book promo tour and he pretty much says where white privilege is systematic and mm-hmm. black privilege is more spiritual so I I think you kind of hit that right on the nail with that
1: one
2: um yeah I, I also found it really interesting as I was scrolling through I was watching I obviously watched that interview and then um so you know TLC um is they're like promoting their latest and final album to drop right. um so <clears throat> they did a an interview with the UK, um, and it, and basically the woman asked Chile, um, you know, with everything going on in America, how do you feel about the Black Lives Matter movement? Right. Did you, you know, did you partake in any um, marches or protests and things like that? And Chili's response was, I mean, it, for me, I'm sure it was more from like a PR stance. Like she was probably told to not be. Um, as radical I guess Right. Um, but I mean her response was basically like I didn't go to any marches or anything like that but for me all lives matter you know what I mean she's like because there's a time when different groups are targeted for different things you know what I'm saying so I just think that the whole what happened police brutality against these young black boys all kind of stuff is going wrong even if it was a Caucasian teen that was happening or whatever all lives should matter and I'm not saying that they don't i mean obviously every person no matter your color race ethnicity religion whatever you have a life you were granted this life and it i think you have the privilege to be alive and you should you know that shouldn't be taken for granted however at at the political time and climate of america black lives do need to matter that does need to be the slogan that does need to be what's being said because there's no other marginalized group at the moment that has seen more, you know, hate against us, I guess as of right now. And so for me, I was just like, come on. I wish you would have came something better than that girl.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I'm definitely a supporter of the black lives matter movement. Um, and I, like I said, it's obvious all lives matter. The thing that I feel like people fail to realize is really what this is all about is human rights. Mm -hmm. And, When people are pushing the Black Lives Matter movement, they are trying to become a part of that kind of all lives matter campaign, if that makes sense. It's not like they're pushing Black Lives Matter just to say that they're the only lives that matter. They feel like they're kind of the outcast to the all lives matter movement. That is whatever it is. I don't even really consider it a movement because all they did was copycat and try to remix what the Black Lives Matter movement has already created. But it's really more so of black lives trying to become a part of all lives because all lives right. obviously don't matter if black lives don't matter either. So exactly. it's, so I think that's kind of more so the case with that. So I, I would definitely disagree with her statement on that. And as far as like, you know, other groups are concerned that, you know, deal with oppression. Uh, I think, you know, we do need to kind of find, uh, Kind of find an intersection where we can all come together. It'll be hard. It'll definitely be hard. That's even one of the missions of this podcast is, you know what I mean, focusing on that intersectionality. But there are so many different oppressed groups, and I don't knock any oppressed groups for pushing their movement. Whether I agree with their movement or not is my prerogative, and it's everybody else's prerogative as well. But don't knock a movement. Mm -hmm. when they feel oppressed by any type of a mean you don't necessarily have to agree with it but you don't have to knock it and say all lives matter because whatever whatever but black as if black lives don't matter that's kind of my take on that i
2: feel like it's i feel like people that usually say that are people who probably aren't as educated or um you know up to date on what what that you know movement really stands for and what it means because like you said it's not like you know, we're saying, oh, only Black Lives Matter and everyone else can just go to hell. No, we're saying that at this time in 2017, May 11th in America, African-Americans are not seeing the same rights and benefits as every other person in this, in this country. So right. it's not to say that, you know, we are the only people that need to be matter, cared and cared about and, you know, looked after and things like that. We are saying that as of right now, we're not being shown that freedom that America stands for. We aren't, you know, ha- we're not at the top of priorities when it comes to healthcare and jobs and housing and things of that. And, and obviously not even our safety or our own lives right. with the lengthy list of young, you know, men and women who have been killed due to bol- police brutality. Absolutely. So it's not to say that, you know only and forever will black lives matter is to say that as of right now that needs to be our focus to change the diaspora of america
0: indeed indeed i couldn't agree more like i said i you definitely got to try to find that commonplace for different oppressed groups i think that's important as well but (laughs) do not discredit black lives matter with all lives matter because it you have really no point in doing that you know what Mm -hmm. i mean you have no point if you're discrediting black lives for all lives, then you're 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 taking away the meaning of all lives because black lives aren't included in that.
2: Exactly. So, which I feel like is is, you know, pretty often. I feel like that's the case. Um, so I love that Charlemagne got on there in front of all these white people and was like, yes, you've never seen Get Out, have you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlamagne, he's good for that, though. He's oh, good. He's for cool. it. Yeah, that's why I, I got his book. I mean, you know, they, they call him the prince of pissing people off and all that. And, and that's all fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, he he goes straight to the core of whatever issues or situations are at hand. And, and I can't knock him for that. So like I said I, I, I purchased the book and I'm, I'm reading it and I will definitely follow up on that. I I'll, I'll tell you what I think about the book as I continue on probably on next week's podcast i should be
2: pretty I definitely close. Need to hear about it maybe i should get
0: it yeah yeah i think you should i mean i, I should be pretty close to finish next week but then again i don't know because you know i walk that stage next week too girl oh
2: so yeah, exciting
0: yeah yeah so so it'll be pretty hectic of a week i'm i'm gonna go back home to the bay area you know for the mother's day weekend and yes. all that and that'll be a quick two-day trip and then after that i I gotta host everybody out here in Portland. So, you know
2: that's gonna be so fun. I'm actually I'm headed to Houston later tonight. Uh my best friend is graduating from Texas Southern.
0: Okay. T S U. Uh, go uh, ahead.
2: Yeah. I'm very proud of her. So shout out uh, to the
0: black colleges out there. We we know the deal going on with uh Cookman and HBCUs. Yeah, you know, we know they, they're pushing the movement still right now, as we obviously see in recent news. <laughs>
2: Um, so yeah, so, uh, my, you know, Nikki and Marche, my two best friends, we, uh, and then Monty, our best friend that's graduated and we make up the quad squad. Hello. So the quad squad is, uh, we're reuniting in Houston. So that should be a fun time.
0: Yeah. Y'all turn it up out there. Make sure I'm going to be following on the snap. So I, yep. I, I'll see it all and you'll see it all from here too. Cause it's going down.
2: <laughs> exactly. Hey, congratulations to all the graduates. It's an amazing time in your life. I remember. I can't believe that I graduated almost a year ago. That makes me like sick to my stomach.
0: Yeah, you get no, um, Keith. The Keeve.
2: feeling of like finally being done and knowing that all your hard work paid off is so amazing. So, congratulations, um, especially to all our black grads, black excellence. Keep pushing for that.
0: For sure. Um, for sure. Yep. Congratulations, and, y'all. And, and one last time, earlier on the seg, yeah. earlier on the show, Keith, I did kind of a little tribute. To all the mothers out there. Yeah, it is Mother's Day weekend. So be sure to tell your mom I said Happy Mother's Day too.
2: I, I will. Yeah. You know, she loves you. So oh, I yeah. definitely will tell her. For
0: sure. Make sure you tell her that. And yeah, she like I said,
2: every week. So I'll definitely make sure to tell her
0: to oh, listen this oh, oh, yeah. Well, then she is. Yeah, make sure she listens so she can get that personal Happy Mother's Day from me. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know what it is, Keith. We appreciate you for coming on and we going to keep this thing rocking and rolling.
2: Yep, it's all love,
0: you guys. All righty, we'll holla, keep. And for all the listeners, we appreciate you for coming to listening to today's podcast episode. Keep on coming, keep on coming, and we'll keep bringing you the content that you all love and deserve. Hopefully, you love. If not, you'll love it someday. <laughs> but anywho, like I said, I, I'm I can't you know reiterate this enough that I want to wish all the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. Uh, to follow up Keeve and even to give myself a pat on the back. Congratulations to all the graduates out there. It's it's, it's a huge accomplishment and keep pressing forward in life. And I'm wishing all graduates the best in their future endeavors. So with that being said, I got to leave you with my final message as always. And that is to stay woke and go win.